On this episode of Whale Cave, Nate DeMeo and his crew enter a battle of the bands, Teen Peak takes a European vacation with her madrigal choir, and host Matt Price reminisces about his crush on Frenchie. Whale Cave starts now. Oh, hell no! Come on, everybody. That makes me want to groove. All right. All right. I love this band. This is the March 4th Marching Band. And I am Matt Price bringing it to you as part of Whale Cave. I don't want to turn it off. I can't. All right. I can't. I have to. Okay. I'm turning it off. Here we're turning it off now. Okay. Folks, thanks for listening to Whale Cave. Today's show has some great guests telling funny stories about music. That's what we do here on Whale Cave. We've got a writer. And uh, Memory Palace podcast creator Nate DeMeo is here, and actress, comedian Jean Villapique is also here. And once again, that song you heard was by March 4th Marching Band. It's called Freestyle for Miles, and it's off of their album Rise Up. I'm a big fan of March 4th Marching Band. By their music, I always try and play a band that I really like throughout the show. In this case, it's, uh, it's March 4th Marching Band. I saw these guys down in Austin. I, I just want to say real quickly, I'd never been to Austin before, and... Uh, and I heard there's a lot of music. There's a lot of hype when you go to Austin. People are like, oh, dude, bro, best music ever, bro. Best place in the world, bro. And I'm the kind of guy who doesn't respond well to hype. I'm like, I get it. And I'm, I'm sort of a media backlash guy. So I was like, it's not going to be that great. I'm like the guy who, like a lot of people are like, um, like girls, dude, you got to Girls, best show ever, dude. And I was like, eh, I'm not, no, it sucks. And for the first couple of shows, I was like, hate it. And I kind of liked it. But Austin defied that, defied my backlash attitude because it was amazing and i'm walking down the street and there was music everywhere i walk in this one bar march 4th marching band funkiest band i've ever seen huge horn section a lot of percussion and they're just a huge spectacle they're ladies in black leather vests guys on stilts come on that's that's all i had to say was guys on stilts and you should be downloading actually it doesn't matter if you download it and there's guys on stilts because they don't come with the cd but you can imagine it. But seriously, uh, March 4th, I don't know why I'm hyping them so much. I don't work for them. I just like their music. Okay. I know I said I'm not about hype, but folks, this is the best podcast you're ever going to hear in your life. Got some good stories. I want to get into it. Both stories today are about musical groups that uh, Gene and Nate were in in high school. Uh, they are not in one together. They each have a story about being in a musical group in high school. I was not in a band in high school. The closest thing I, I came to, I played one instrument. It was little guitar. And I only played it because I played Duty in Greece, and uh, that, that was actually the character's name, Duty. I had to learn four chords for a song called Those Magic Changes, and, uh, and I was singing a song to my love interest. And I really wanted to nail it because um, the love interest was Frenchie, and I had a big crush on the girl who played Frenchie, so I thought if I got the song, Frenchie would be super into me, and maybe she'd French me. And uh, she never did. Frenchie had a tattoo. She was the first girl I ever saw with a tattoo. And that was, that was incredibly arousing when you're a youth. Um, big fan of that. But uh, anyway, if only I was in a band. That, that's my point. So we're going to hear about some bands today. Um, my first guest is sitting across me right now listening to this amazing story. He's uh, it's, really, it's an incredible it's story. It's an incredible story. Thanks, Nate. Uh, he, Nate co-wrote a book. Um, uh, it's the book about uh, uh, the, the history of uh, the city of Pawnee, which is the city where parks and recreation takes place. Um, that came out last year. And he also hosts... 
and produce uh, produces an excellent podcast called Memory Palace. Nate DeMeo, welcome. It's so nice to be here in the uh, well cave. Thanks for being in the well cave. It's, re- it's really uh, the the bones and the ceiling. I really feel like I'm in the belly of a whale. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what we want the field to be. I, I've, I spent a lot of money on this. <laughs> it shows. It's giant it, skeleton. It really does show. Um, so high school, you were you were in a band. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It. Um, you know, I want to start. I want to start a little bit earlier in junior high school. Mm, that's right before high school. <laughs> exactly. And so in junior high, um, I I hung with the popular kids. Um, there, but I was always sort of like the six man in the popular kid group. Like I was, you know, I was the sort of at my best. It was like a James Harden type. My, <laughs> my worst was sort of like a Randy Foy, just kind of like right. You come in, whatever. And basically, the way it would be is if um, it was if Jeff, Chris, and Carlos, who were like the kings of the the popular kid table. If they had to go to the mall, then like their dad would bring one, bring them, and there wouldn't be room for me. It'd be like that kind right. of thing. But if there were like the minivan involved, maybe I would go. That's a small car, just three kids. Well, and we, their dad. We, they were small people. I mean, <laughs> they were large people with small cars right. back, in, back in the day. Exactly. Okay, sure. Um, and um, so, but you know, it was the kind of thing where they were athletes, and I was again kind of like sixth, seventh, eighth man off the bench. And by the time we hit high school, it was sort of very clear that like our paths were going to kind of diverge. Because they were going to go and they were, and they were like you know jumping up to junior varsity as freshmen and I was like the eighth right. man off the freshman basketball team and there was basically uh, you know like I, I it was the kind of thing where for like the first like year or so I kind of you know I like really didn't find a way to sort of fit in mm-hmm. because like I was used to being like the popular kid and I was sort of like aiming for like the popular girls. And then the popular girls who would kind of like be like, oh yeah, Nate, maybe, maybe one of these days I'll go, <laughs> I'll go out with that like nice guy, Nate. Um, they were now going out with like seniors and like you know going down some like horrible wayward path. Um, and I was totally left uh, uh, very sad and very lonely. And meanwhile, um, sort of across the you know while all these guys were sort of on the low the low level of our college prep track, mm-hmm. and I was in the sort of honors track. Um, there was this sort of core group of kind of like nerd art dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so like I had, I had way more in common with these guys than I would with the other guys. But I was the kind of thing where I was like secretly at home, like listening to music that people didn't listen to and like reading. Like com- what? What kind of music? You know, like my dad was a really uh, – my dad was a big music guy. Mm-hmm. And so it was the kind of thing that like all throughout my life um, my dad would have – like these sort of like like kind of cool records, and I would like find something on the radio that I would kind of like, and then my dad would say, "Oh, how about this? It's sort of like that, but better." And so like, uh, are we talking jazz? Are we talking Claudine Langer? Well, it, he did have some Claudine Langer, <laughs> um, but uh, no, the kind of thing was where like my dad had like a super deep classic rock like okay. thing. So like so you know so it'd be the kind of thing where it'd be like, oh, I enjoy that that Jimi Hendrix that one I enjoy Purple Haze and then he'd be like here's the deep cuts and here's the four other bands that that he inf- that influenced him and that he influenced and like all through my life like whenever there'd be like something like sort of cool mm-hmm. like I'd be like oh there's this band the Smiths that seems sort of interesting like weirdly like my dad would have a Smiths album which was kind of awesome your dad had a Smiths album? he did because like because wow. I feel like for the like at least 15 years my dad would buy uh, Rolling Stone's top 10 albums of the year like really? respect yeah and like, kind of like check them out, like sort of on spec. And so he had all these records that he didn't really like, like Meet His Murder, for instance. Your, your dad had Meet His Murder? <laughs> he did, but it was like there, like in his vast catalog. And it was pretty awesome. And so I'd like turn to it. So like I was like, you know, I was this, this you know, kind of inside outsider where like where I would, you know, kind of dress the part, sort of look the part. 
Um, but inside, like, you know, I was like, you know, I was entirely sort of on my own. So I'm sorry, real quick pause. You're still friends with these dudes. But, yes. But they're moving on clearly. They're moving on to, to brighter, better, sexier pastures. You're finding sort of your inner – you want your inner Nate to kind of maybe come out a exactly. little bit. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Just also just to set the scene, you're in Providence. We are We are right over the border in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Okay. Providence, Rhode just Island, to set it. Which is like a super like – it's a very rural town with nothing to do except no. for, you know, except for pine for girls. <laughs> It's known for pining for, for country girls. girls. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's no, fine. And um, a lot of fans in that area. Exactly. Though, and so, um, but into into sort of my world as um, you know came these like really nerdy, like really you know kind of arty kids who I was clearly like supposed to be friends with. Um, and at the end of our freshman year, uh, these kids uh, uh, who you know these kids with sort of like no kind of status and no sort of station <laughs> station. Um, but we're like nice kids and, and, and uh, you know, and people, people, it was a fairly, we had a weirdly tolerant sort of class. There weren't a lot of like people being like thrown into lockers and whatnot. They um, decided, they uh, threw a big barbecue at this one kid, Will Yell's house, which is a great name. <laughs> and Amazing. Exactly. And they, they declared that they had a band and they like invited everyone. So like you know, so basically like picture the nerdy Bill, kids. A- Bill like Bill Haverchuk like inviting mm-hmm. you know th- inviting uh, you know the the captain of the football team, <laughs> and um, so they had this party and like and I remember thinking that like it was the ballsiest thing in the world. Sure. And I also remember thinking that there's no way in hell anyone's going to go to this thing, but people did, and which and uh, so you know they uh, and the band was terrible. They were called Time and Space. <laughs> And uh, they had a they had they really they had some like like kind of like comedy songs. They had a song called Wide Butt. <laughs> um, they had like uh, you did know, the Butt come out already at that point? Was uh, it a, I think it was about a year or two before the EU, okay. EU classic. So it predated EU. exactly. So okay. yeah, so it was pretty much there would have been no school days without Wide Butt. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it. But um, yeah, so they uh, you know they were what, what's their sound? What was their sound of time and space? Their sound was basically you know it was it was a lot of people just learning how to play their instruments who like listened to a lot of like alternative rock radio. Okay, so a lot of like you know Cure and, and New Order and stuff. Um, you know they didn't have a they didn't have a drummer, so they played the uh, it was the drum machine on like the Casio keyboard, <laughs> and they would like do these covers. They do like these like super grand U two covers, you know where. Where um, Dave, the uh, the lead guitar player for the band, um, you know, who was who was very mathematical and very obsessive, and would like line up all his pe- all his pedals and program his pedals so that they would be just like the edges. And so weirdly, they would really be just like the edges. And they'd be taking these like big arena solos, and meanwhile, be boop boop doop doop boop boop behind it. And it was they were ludicrous. They're like totally ludicrous. Um, but they, um, but you know, I, I really at the same time, I really kind of like admired what they're doing. Are you a guest at this party? I'm a guest at the party. And with before, the cool kids, like, standing on the side drinking a No, I was, lemonade. you know, it was interesting because, like, before the, before the party, that they had said that they had a, uh, a rap song and they were uh, looking for someone to do the, do the additional part. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite hype, man. It was more of, like, a trade-off situation. And, um, you know, and it was like, I, like, at this point, it was kind of like, you know, I'd like these kids and they're doing this show like i don't know like screw it like yeah i'll do i'll do this thing i don't care that sounds sort of fun um they, then so they out, came to you and they came to me yeah. were you known for uh, i was known for rap? my rhymes no no i i think i was i honestly feel like i was seen as like as, as a bridge person i think they like saw me and they're like oh that's that like kid from our class who we know 
Um, but he also seems to like know the popular girls. So it's more of a marketing more of thing. A val- yeah, even more, <laughs> val- even more marketing slash validating. Okay, smart. And they so, were smart. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, so I say, like, oh, so you know, what's your song? And um, it was about the Karate Kid. <laughs> and um, not only was it a rap song about the Karate Kid, which in a lot of ways is sort of like you know par for the course when you're like writing funny rap songs when you're right. in high school and and uh, you know. It's you know it's like the equivalent of watching like the jerk over and over again. Like eventually, you're going to write a rap song about the jerk or whatever. <laughs> and so they uh, uh, so they had the song uh, called the Karate Kid. And and uh, but the kicker was it was a, it was a it was a song like uh, like the Tighten Up or the Titchy Roll that had a dance to it. Okay. So there's sort of like a Dougie type aspect. Right. And so through the course of the song, they would teach you how to do the Karate Kid. And um, uh, so so I performed this thing and I did the dance. And um, and it was really fun and like and weirdly like it went over like a little bit well. There was a lot of like in that first year there was a lot of like laughing at instead of laughing with. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. There was like there's something sort of like started to like click in me where I was like I don't really I don't know like I I don't really care to be I don't like I don't really care if I'm sort of laughed at for doing things that are. So you're that, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean you know the, like I don't mind being laughed at for doing things that like uh, you know are actually fun. So you're a, are you sort of an adjunct member of Time and Space at this point? Are you now being integrated into the, I spend the next, nerd culture that is Time and Space? I spend like the next like year or year or so um, sort of fighting my destiny, basically. Um, you know, I have like I had some health problems in high school, mm-hmm. and so like so there's like my sophomore year is this sort of like lost country. Um, and uh, over the course of uh, uh, I had this like summer job at the Computer Museum, which was in uh, Boston, where my my aunt worked. Um, which it should have like told me what my destiny was anyway. <laughs> but um, uh, they, uh, I had this job, the community museum, and I would and I would uh, take the train from from uh, Boston to Providence, like at, you know, like once a week or whatever. And one day, like I ran into the, all those same guys from the band Time and Space, um, and they had been spending uh, the day doing something that I'd done with my dad since I was like ten, which is to go to record stores. And, and like, I was just like, oh, other people do that? I didn't even know that was, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, like, from that day, I decided that these guys are going to be my friends. Um, you know, so flash forward uh, to, to, I think it was, like, late. So that's going into junior year. Flash forward to um, the, the next uh, concert that they were going to do. So they've done one every year. This is the third year. And they want a, an additional verse to the Karate Kid. You know, they have – because Karate Kid 3 had come out and they had never responded to it. <laughs> and when Karate Kid 3 were – like, it, that's something that demands a response. You Is that the one with Hillary Swank? No, no, no. That's Karate Kid 4. Oh, really? That's the next Karate Kid. Oh. So Karate Kid 1 – Sure. You know, it's classic. classic. You know, he gets chased in the Halloween and he's the, sure, he's the shower son. curtain. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, Karate Kid 2 – um, is is basically it's basically like a retread. It's like another set of, of California-based bullies. Karate Kid Three, he goes to Okinawa, back to Mr. Miyagi's. Oh, that old chestnut. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's that. Sort I think of I blocked that out. Yeah, no, it's as well you should. I've in my head, I have blocked uh, that Karate was Kid Two out. But it's but that's the one that has uh, the Peter Cetera song, "Glory of Love." Really? I think. See, I would put that in Karate Kid, The Ridge. No, I think it's either. I can't remember if it's Karate Kid because I feel like Karate Kid Two and Three had a Peter Cetera soundtrack. I believe. I think like so successful was was you know I'll be the man who will fight right. for your honor. I felt so successful as that that I think he did some sort of retread. I don't quite remember what it was. Well, that's Glory of Love, that one. Yeah, there was some other one. Okay, we'll, we'll look it in. We'll edit it back right. in. Right, but yes. <laughs> but anyway, and so um, 
and so like I like I was sitting there. Uh, I remember sitting in my basement and and like toiling, like trying to come up with the third verse. And it really was like the the it was like you know it was uh, there was a line that I knew that if I went down this if I crossed this line <laughs> right I was done. Bye bye John and Carlos. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and the other guy. Yeah, and so uh, so I sat down and I and I wrote uh, the last verse, and uh, I think it's the best verse. But um, you know, and so I and I became full fledged member of Time and Space, and like in which was which was honestly one of the best things I've ever done. Like, <laughs> besides, in terms of like you know it being this thing where, where suddenly like you have like friends that aren't really your friends, and then you find your real friends, and, right? And uh, you know, which is always kind of like a key formative choice. Um, like I don't know. It was like I feel like I owe a lot. To, like I owe a lot. Like I don't know. Like artistically and whatnot to the sort of uh, um, like kind of like ballsiness of these like art nerds. It was like I don't know. It was like it was a very sort of very yeah. important thing. And meanwhile, they were getting like sort of good. Well, I was going to ask you that. So I assume they evolved over. Yeah, you know, high so, yeah, exactly. So they all they started to get they started to be able to play pretty well, but they still didn't have a drummer, and they still had the same keyboard. And so they're like, ah, Nate, you're our friend. Um, learn to play the drums and come play with us, which is a, which is a great idea. It's like that's fun. I'm going to learn to play the drums. Yeah. Uh, I can I can do this. Um, but uh, the issue was that I couldn't actually afford any drums. Okay, yeah. And so for the over the course of like several months, um, I would like I go to yard sales and I go to uh, the flea market and uh, and like was like piecing together like you know literally like oh wait there's this 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 uh, this old snare drum is sixteen dollars like can, you know can I afford to like like put this together? <laughs> well, I've got a symbol I could sell you exactly. And so like by the time it's senior year and fresh, freshman year, my drum kit as a fully fledged member of the band um, is literally a hi hat, um, a snare. Uh, a stool, you know, one cymbal, which is cracked, and, like, in two sets of drumsticks. And we did that for months and months and months. It was just... And, you know, that was, ba- that was basically... That was, the, uh, that was time and space for a long time. But, um, that but was the, keeping time. It was keeping time. Um, time and space. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, but meanwhile, they were getting... They were actually, like, kind of good. And, like, the, song, like, the songs were still in that same sort of, like, comedy nerd love milieu mm-hmm. um but uh but we're like actually like pretty good like um the, the one of their hits was this song called uh, <laughs> yeah one of their hits in that like i feel like it was one of those things that like people at one of those parties when they were like when the cool kids are kind of like sitting off like talking while they were playing mm-hmm. they might go oh that's kind of good that was about the level of <laughs> but um uh it was called yo women what's the problem which is basically <laughs> just sort of would lay out you know uh lay out uh, uh their plate written by my friend sean and um, yeah. like to this day, I still feel like the like the opening couple of lines of "Young with the Problem" are great. And it was, it was, uh, I see you, you see me, you move away too frequently, which is like this lovely that is, thing. Yeah, it's really nice. And that's um, also a Nick Drake song. <laughs> wait, waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, yes, they'll dig that up soon. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a anyway. But um, you know, hands down, like it, it ended up being this like very good experience uh particularly in senior year when we were like a band and we were like dudes in a band um which is like a formative experience that are like that on some level like every like arty kid ought to have and um and, did like, their ner- i'm sorry real quick did their nerd status and i'm only using that word because you use did, did, did it change did, as they got better as a band did they get more uh i guess social notoriety or you know, like they're like in glee when like suddenly they're not, you know, they're not getting slushied anymore. I always kind of like, you know, 
I and, were you, and that, were you Puckerman? That's my other question. I always kind of thought that would be like part of the deal that like on some level like you know you're supposed to you got you like play you, you know these guys were like learning their instruments and they could like really play except for me and um you know and like you ought to be able to get girls for it but they totally couldn't get girls for it man okay because like because the truth is they were still singing songs called like yo women what's the problem <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> it was like and wide butt yeah exactly and like yeah. and like uh yeah i mean wide butt had sort of at that point kind of filtered out of their set list oh really yeah exactly you know they had moved on to the sort of like later material but um, forget but, that being encore. But meanwhile, it, but keep in mind that, that the Karate Kid is still adding verses. So. <laughs> You're right. Hey, yeah. we don't have time, man. Yeah, exactly. We got the seventh verse of Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wide butt's got to go. Yo, women's got to go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, Blue Barn, all the hits were there. <laughs> um, Blue Barn. Yeah, Blue Barn, Yellow Hay, Grungy Chicken. It was good. <laughs> um, Did all of your songs have two words in the title? Um, no, there was uh, except Yo, women. What's the problem? No, it's, uh, yo, women, what's the problem? See that? That's a lot. Um, no, there was uh, there was Rex, which was uh, which okay. was a one word song. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, that was about a dog. Um, the lyrics of which were basically Rex was a dog, I was a man. Rex was a dog, I was a man. <laughs> and um, and then uh, Rex uh, at the end of every verse, in sort of a uh, in a Kenny like situation, would be like sort of die horribly. Right. And. Um, uh, every time it would be kind of freestyled by my like the the manner of death would be freestyled by by uh, uh, Sean the guitar player, and um, and Sean was had like a real sort of like live kind of co- like kooky mind, and uh, when we went in to record at Jay Jefferson's house, uh, and Jay Jay's dad was in the was in like the recording business, and so uh, you know and Jay had like learned to play the, had been playing the drums since he was like five, and so he was like a real drummer. He was like one of these guys who had like a Neil Neil Peart from. Uh, Rush kind of kit. Mm-hmm. You know, he had like good, he had a gazillion cymbals. He had like multiple snare drums, which I didn't even know what he would you know why he would need them. Um, and he played drums in like this sort of like older kid, like kind of like brother band that we had. These like seniors when we were juniors, like that kind of situation. And they were like a sort of good bad alternative band. Um, we went to record in, in Jay's uh, in Jay's basement, and we did it over the course of like five weekends, <laughs> like you know, like as though as though like you know as though it were like the wall. <laughs> you know, just like we took it super seriously, and we recorded it through this like gigantic like thirty six track mixer onto one track. <laughs> so we had like every every instrument like, and it all went down onto one little track. There was no editing. There was <laughs> there were no overdubs. And it was all recorded onto cassette. And so, like, it sounds horrible. It's, there's like nothing. There's there's nothing to it. But we took it sort of extremely seriously. And when uh, we and when we did record Rex, uh, Sean went on like a fairly epic, uh, you know, final death rant. You know, he wasn't just sort of like run over by a car. It was like this thing. He was killed by like a, you know some horrible, horrible demise. And in it, he both uh, cursed mm. and uh, cursed about Mr. Henry our uh, guidance counselor, our, like, much-loathed guidance counselor, mm. and uh, which sent uh, Sean into, like, basically a, like, moral uh, tailspin. <laughs> Sean was, Sean was, uh, uh, his, Sean's uh, parents were Pentecostal. Okay. And uh, Sean, like, was always on the, uh, he was always on, like, the precipice of, like, of being told that he can no longer hang out with these kids. <laughs> and so he was, like, really, he was, like, terribly afraid that they would hear this. And uh, and then we also had decided that we were going to sell these cassettes in school, and uh, for like ten dollars a piece or something absurd, because <laughs> we had to make our money back. Yeah, and we knew we would only sell like forty of them. Um, and uh, so so 
Sean is really afraid that this is both going to get like he would probably go to hell. He would probably you know get like you know kicked out of his house by his family, and he probably wouldn't be like somehow not somehow wind up not being able to go to college because he dissed the dissed the uh, uh, Mr. Henry in it. And um, so we did our one overdub, and while Sean is going like like he got killed by fucking Mr. Batman. Because um, he sounded sort of like Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, uh, we overdubbed uh, a thing that's just Sean going, yeah. And uh, that little clip is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, and uh, so we're having a great time. Um, we actually like played like weird, like weird sort of real shows in Providence. And we'd like open up. We opened up for this band called Green Magnet School. It was on Sub Pop. Um, and it was just this like ludicrous, like delightful time. But – uh, come the end of senior year, um, there is uh, – and I actually feel like this has actually started as, as a little bit uh, of, a, of a challenge. Um, there was going to be a battle of the bands. At your high school? At our high school. Okay. At Dyton Hope with Regional High School. How many bands are there? My, my high school had one band called uh, Truth. Called Truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How were they? They were – I thought they were great. Their drummer was terrific. Really? Yeah. And they, but they started really young when they were called Truth. Wow, my sister, my sister, and all her friends loved them. They were much younger than me. See, though. that didn't happen with us. We we could have used your sister and your friends. Although, the, although yeah. we also probably could use the truth drummer. Yeah, there might have been another. I just didn't know about it. Anyway, sorry. Um, but uh, uh, so, you know, to answer your question, um, there, I think there actually was one, and I think it was us. But <laughs> good battle. Yeah, exactly. It's a good battle. <laughs> but um, there were these there were these sophomore and the winner is exactly there were these sophomore kids whose names I cannot remember at all, and they were these horrible little shits. Like they were just these terrible, terrible kids, and they were in um, like art class with with some of were in art class with me and some of them were in art class with, with uh, a couple of the other kids like different ones one was in sculpture one was in painting whatever and uh, these sophomores somehow decided to take it upon themselves to make fun of us all the time <laughs> <laughs> and we were seniors and these and these like just like horrible kids were just like like it was just the kind of thing where they would like make fun of us they'd make fun of us and we'd go really? and uh, <laughs> and they just keep going like there was sort of no there was kind of like no way around it we couldn't sort of figure out where it came from um, but uh, uh, to challenge uh, like this weird, I think it. I think it just basically bothered them that um, anyone liked us at all, because here we were these sort of like art fag kids, right? And I think it bothered. I think it bothered them. I think it bothered them a lot that I, like I, you know, uh, that I went out with a, an attractive sophomore and like took one out of the pool sure. for them. I think it just bothered them that that like we were not being beat up all the time. Were uh, they quote unquote cool? Kids in the sophomore, they uh, they certainly they thought they were. I'm not sure if they were, okay. but um, but either way, they they were super big for the riches, and they hate they just like there was some like they, I feel like they were railing against some sort of perceived injustice that like we sh- we should like we should be people that wear pants all the time, sure. And how are we walking around with our pants on? Well, you were nerds, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and um, so uh, battle of the bands comes up. There are there are four bands. Three of them were ad hoc, and then there's time and space. The the heroes of Dyer Harvard Regional High School, and um, the prohibitive favorites. Yeah, the prohibitive favorites. Um, so there, these kids have pulled together some band. Um, there is this there is this guy Matt Murray who has since gone on to marry the sophomore that I dated. Fun fact: Matt Murray married. Yeah, and uh, uh, he in you know who was like a uh, he was like the kid who at like a talent show would would play um, uh, you know Bye Bye Miss American Pie like all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> you know he'd do, he'd do you know he'd do like solo songs um, and then he would take the eight minute guitar solo in the middle of it like you know with no accompaniment he would just riff. Um, and uh, then there was a band that was pulled together by um, all of the, like literally all of the tough stoners. And 
<laughs> they were like the stoners that were like actually slightly threatening. Um, that <laughs> yeah. were just like, you know, would never make sure they get too high in case they had to kick someone's ass. Yeah. They, they had a band um, which was totally anchored by a, a ringer drummer who was one of their friends who had just gotten out of prison. <laughs> it was like a, a kid who like graduated two years before. Uh, and they were called Red Rum. Red Rum. Yep. And then uh, I believe that Matt Murray's band, I think it might have been called the Matt Murray band, which is great. <laughs> and, uh, and I have no idea what the, uh, what the, the sophomore kids, the sophomore kids. And so uh, the order went sophomore kids, which is one of the worst musical things I'd ever seen in my life. Um, uh, the Matt Murray experience, <laughs> which, was, which, was, which was also pretty bad. And then uh, uh, finishing the show was Red Rum, um, who were going to do a lot of Metallica covers. And so, in the, in, uh, so we were third. And That's the perfect slot, I it think. Was, I, it's always the perfect slot. By the way, okay. Um, and, uh, and so we got up, and you know, the, the, the gym was uh, sort of entirely packed. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we knew that we had done you – know, they had played uh, these like, parties, and like, some of the kids in your class like, you know, would, would kind of like, you know, get up and goof around and dance uh, like, and kind of joke around. And like, we knew that like, you know, a few of the senior kids would sort of like, rally to our aid. But it was filled with, you know, the, the most of the school. So the, you know, 400 kids or whatever were there. And, um, and you know, so we played our songs and, and we, like, decided that we were going to kind of, like, be, like, weird and, and tough. And so we played some, some of our stuff that we thought was particularly abrasive. And we're like, yeah, screw you, man. Check us out. And, um, you know, and there's a lot of, like, uh, who are these dudes sort of thing, um, which we were enjoying. Um, and then it came time to do The Karate Kid. And um, it how long's a set usually in this kind of thing? Four songs? Yeah, it's, yeah. You play like you probably play like twenty minutes or okay. something. Um, so Matt Murray had finished like one solo. <laughs> the Matt Murray band had to get <laughs> yeah. a stage. Um, long, but, long time ago. Yeah, so Good night. <laughs> long, long time left. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and so uh, so we did the Karate Kid, and um, the, so the lyrics of the Karate Kid, uh, we traded off. So Aaron Aaron Panofsky and I, who um, was not the world's best singer, but uh, went for it. Um, and we're backed by uh, his brother Dave on lead guitar, mm-hmm. my friend Sean, um, who had alopecia areata. So picture just a, a large man with, with, with absolutely no hair. Wow. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, and then, then our friend Will, uh, who played the keyboard, Will Yell, which is another good name. Um, best, by the way, your high school best names in the business. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty Jay good. Jay Jefferson, right. Matt Murray. Will yell. Yeah, exactly. We keep it straightforward. Yeah. Um, when you're born, it's very like, got to give you a great one. And so, uh, yeah. And so, so we so we traded off verses. And so the way that the karate kid goes is, is each uh, each verse tells the story of one of the movies. So uh, the first one is you know when Danielle moved away from New Jersey to California, <laughs> his ass got kicked while riding his bike. Those bullies they told him go take a hike. So Daniel Mann meets, uh, meets Miyagi-san, cutting trees together, and they're having fun. So San and fun were rhymed. <laughs> um, then, Danny teach, then Miyagi teaches Danny to fight, not for his glory, but for his might. And then the dance comes in. And the dance is, uh, the, all, the, all the dance moves are derived from the movie. So it's paint the fence, which is, uh, you know, hands up and down. You can picture painting the fence. Sure. Wax the car, which was the one that allows you to kind of get low. There's a little bit of a booty shake as you wax the car. Um, sand the deck, which is get even lower. It's like, yeah. oh, can we get lower? Oh, yes, you are. You're going to sand the deck. Yeah, a little wider, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then do the crane, which is you, know, you do the crane uh, mm-hmm. like he did on the, on the pier in the, and on the iconic movie poster. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, and so there we are. We're doing, the, we're doing these ridiculous dances, and we're also looking out, and there are 400 kids doing the dance. 
That's amazing. And it was amazing. And it was great. It really was. It was like such – it was such a – Best feeling. It was such a good feeling. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, and then like – and it gets sort of like particularly because I think much like the movies, the second verse is not as strong. Um, and it gets kind of Baroque in its stance moves. Like we we're trying to like think of ones. Do you remember in, in – um, I feel like I – I think it, I can't remember if it's Karate Kid 2 or Karate Kid 3. I don't know. It's I, did Karate, Karate Kid three? I don't know. Anyway, at some point they're in Okinawa, two or three. We've already determined they don't really right. know what the difference is. They're, they're beating this drum. They have this like drum that you, that they hold between their hands, and then they rub the little stick and they go. Mm-hmm. So there's a there, there's some sort of action that does that, and then there's beating the drum, which is a big like kodo drum. You're swinging both arms, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then um, I feel like uh, with with fewer sort of iconic moves, there's this take the hit, which is basically this kind of like you kind of move your head, you kind of jerk your whole body back as though you've been <laughs> right. punched. So yeah. it's a little, it's kind of like a sort of a David Byrne stop making sense move, sort of this this thrusting thing, and to like look out and see like the yeah. captain of the football team taking the hit, and like the weird like you know the weird uh, like stoner misfit like taking the hit, yeah, and the other one like breaking the ice because remember he broke a block of ice. It was pretty awesome. So anyway, sweep the leg. Um, sweep the leg is actually too difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't do that, and that's also the that's yeah. That's, you don't. I don't feel like I also. Yeah, it's true. I don't that's think Cobra Kai. You, yeah, you don't want to take on the Cobra you're, Kai. You're giving Cobra Kai some props. There. Yeah, I feel like you're sort of dabbling in like the dark arts. And yeah, that. mixed metaphors there. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, that must have been a great thing. It was really, it was really a really good thing. Like when I like when I sort of think back on various like I was in you know went off to be in bands and, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, in college and, and beyond, and uh, had many a fine time, and played you know larger shows, and, and were, was like actually pretty good occasionally. And when I think back, like I really don't think I had, like I've ever had a better performing experience than watching like you know the majority of the girls cheerleading squad, yeah, doing the Karate Kid moves. A lot, in a lot of ways, it also mirrors just the Karate Kid movie. Like Danielson comes to school, everyone hates the guy. By the end, he's being, you know, the other dojos coming over like, you're all right, Daniel. That's right. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever's last. Yeah. Was. And so I feel like, I feel like, you know, we were, um, you know, I feel like in that arc, these kids were hated. And by the end of it, people were like mildly concerned with their safety. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is pretty good. And then Red Rum goes on. And then Red I know, Rum. I know you've already won. We've well, I mean, you've won. That's it doesn't thing. matter. You've we've won. already won. Um, but, you know, uh, basically. But the battle continued. The battle continued because as battles, you know, do. Um, and the sort of unsatisfying denouement of the night was that um, all of the people uh, uh, left after we played because there was some party going on. I believe it was Carly Bove's birthday party. Carly and so the, Bove. And so the popular kids. Another great name. <laughs> well, Car- Carly's. Where were you born, sir? That's right. Carly's uh, sister's name was Roshane, which I always enjoyed. Amazing. And so, I feel like at your hospital there was a, someone helping give names. <laughs> like I don't know about Steve. How well, about well, yeah, but, but Roche, what's your last name? Roshane Bove, uh, uh, who is who is uh, you know one of the loveliest girls in school. Roche. She was a senior, and she went out with a guy named Troy Enos, which is also which is a rough one. That's a, that's a problematic. Name. It's true. Yeah, but but he went out with Roshane Bove, so there no one could really. Roshane Bove. Sheesh. Um, yeah, so Red Ronga was on, and uh, at that point, our voting block was out, and it was an applause-based vote. Right. And uh, So, so Red Ronga goes, they win. Exactly. And it felt like, it hardly seemed fair, seeing how they had a ringer drummer who was on parole. <laughs> yeah, who could graduate high school if he Multiple even graduated. years ago. Exactly. Yeah. But you did win. We did win. That's yeah. amazing. Well, well, you know what? Yeah, it is, it is amazing, Matt. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> it's a great feeling. It's a, it's a great feeling. It's pretty much one of the greatest things that's ever happened in music. <laughs>
And that's what you talk about here in Whale Cave. Time and space. That's why we have Whale Cave. Time and space. That was a great time. Yes, and space. And space. Um, last question. Did your old friends after the battle, maybe go to the party or anything, did they come up to you and just, did Carlos give you like a little head nod? Like, you did good, man. Um, was there any sort of... You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Did you see him out doing the dance and that sort of... Well, I, I didn't see Carlos because Carlos had had a, a leg amputated when we were in... Uh, Are you kidding? No, when we were in junior high. No way. A lovely man. And now he actually plays in bands in, in Germany. Every once in a while I see his Facebook, pro, Facebook profile. And Carlos wow. uh, is, uh, plays in some blues band with a lot of German men. Um, really but uh, no, there was. I mean, buried there was, the lead on Carlos. There, there. That was the thing. Well, you know, that was the thing. Like you looked out, and there. But yes, there was Jeff Tracy. Um, you know, who was who was one of the kings of the school, rocking out, doing the crane, sand in the deck. I mean, that de- that deck was smooth because <laughs> he was good at everything he did. Sure, <laughs> you know yeah. that's that's how you become Jeff Tracy. Yeah, he well, could really sand that deck. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> You're more than if welcome. you ever want to come on again and talk time and space, believe me, I you know absolutely. we will always have time and space for that. No, it's true. I feel like uh, I feel like a reunion could be in the in the offing. I'd love it, Nate right. DeMayo, Everybody, thanks, man. All right, that was Nate DeMayo. <laughs> bringing us this tale of time and space <laughs> with the songs they sang i still can't get over those titles wide but yo women what's the problem uh, just oh man those are amazing um i wanted to ask him i guess i'll ask him uh later and i'll and i'll, I'll put it on the website uh if you can if you can get those tracks anywhere i don't think you can because he told me they were all on cassette um but if you can i will let you know because they sounded hilarious um, but you can download these tracks from March 4th, Marching Band. They're on the iTunes. <laughs> They're on Amazon. Go get them. That song was called Ninth Ward Calling. And, uh, man, they're just funky. I love those guys. Okay. Um, next guest is a super funny actress and comedian. Uh, you can see her on the, the show Up All Night. And um, she's also in, if you live in Los Angeles, she performs at UCB all the time. And she's in this wonderful, and they performed at my show at UCB a bunch. This was uh, great. <laughs> did I just say wonderful? I did. The <laughs> soft rock cover band called The Artists with uh, with Kit Pongetti. They're really great. Gene uh, Villapique, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, you were also in a musical group in high school, a different kind. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't so much time and space. No, it was. Um, we, I was in a madrigal, madrigal choir. Madrigal. I think someone just recently thought that I said magical when I was talking about. You were in a magical choir. It was also that. Um, it was pretty cutthroat. It was. I got in as a freshman, which was a big deal. I don't know how I got to audition from junior high for that choir, but. Um, and did I, you go? What kind of? So I was telling you, or we were talking a little bit before, and I was saying I'd never heard of magical <laughs> music. We didn't have a magical choir. We had uh, we had an acapella group. That's what this is. It was it acapella, would, yeah. But it wasn't that kind of music. It was more like, you know, just Danny Boy and the Silver yeah, Song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, yeah, we did sing the sort of older. I, I, I should have looked into how to describe this on my way. Right, over. you're. I'm sorry because you were also saying you don't know how to describe I don't, it. That well it's either. kind of uh, you use the pitch pipe and it's very chordy and Latin, Latin most right, of the time, and it's just sort of like varying. 
chords and pitch changes and it's really beautiful it's complicated though right mm-hmm. so it's not just like getting up there I, I referenced glee already too much in the show but it's not like getting up and singing like singing in a smoky room you know you're not singing a journey song it's like ave verum corpus yeah. like you just hold one note forever and then the sopranos come down and then you go up like it's and then it just gets very folks like well the the tenors are sharp or you know, you just get really focused because you only have one note for so long. It becomes it, it, it's a uh, for for high schoolers who take themselves way too seriously. Very serious. It's not show choir. There's no dancing. It's just like very grown up. So did you? So you took it super seriously? Yes. It was a big deal. Like, it was a big deal. My friend Julia had perfect pitch, and it was just like ooh, perfect pitch. If only you know, and <laughs> she didn't even need the pitch pipe. And Jonathan, he he got to have the pitch pipe, and that was a big status deal. And <laughs> it was ridiculous. Fucking and then in Jonathan. winter, we we mostly like would do shows. We did these fundraising shows to for a big trip every year. Um, and the guys wore tuxedos, and we had these ridiculous dresses. And then once we had we had a big madrigal dinner every Christmas, where we would like eat big pieces of mutton and wear disgusting, smelly rental like Ren Fair clothes. Like to have a feast, and I think that they charged the people in our small town like fifty bucks to come eat a turkey leg, and then what, we would all eat too, and then we'd stand up and sing with like greasy mouths. <laughs> Were you holding the turkey legs? Was it? Just, uh, I might. No, I yeah. think we had to put them. Probably away. You got a pitch pipe. You had yeah. A pitch pipe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, Jonathan had that. Yeah. I mean, what, so I where was a small town? Uh, Bernardsville, New Jersey. Okay. All right. So was this a big when when you get in the choir? Is this a big like, I know you took it very seriously. Is it a big deal? Is it like? It's like it. It is if you're in the choir world. Like it is the. There were only eight of us. There were auditions. It was cutthroat. It was a big deal. And to get in as a freshman is like, who is this? Unheard of, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but then outside of the music world, nobody even knew. Nobody came to the choir concerts. They didn't even know that okay. the choir existed. So, but the concerts are well attended, and it's like people are. It was usually it. like, well, the band and the orchestra and Got the choir, it. and it would be like the choir, the women's ensemble, and then the madrigals. Like, ooh, right. singing Danny Boy again, ooh, right. Yeah. So, okay, so you're raising money for this big trip. Yeah, we went my freshman year. We had a new uh, con- uh, choir director, Tim Shetler. And uh, he was really cool. He was from Nashville. And he was like, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to go. We're going to take a trip to Europe. So we're going to. And that's when we started to do these these shows at um, like AT&T, their Christmas party and all that to raise <laughs> money. We would go sing Christmas songs, Christmas carols and to take this trip in April. And we actually were going to leave on my birthday, April 12th. It was very exciting. I was turning not 16, 15. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I can't remember. I wasn't there. Yeah. I think 15? it was fifteen. Jean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how old freshmen are anymore. So that was very, very exciting. None of us had been. We were going to land in Amsterdam and then go to Munich, um, and then I think end up in Switzerland. We went. That's to a Salzburg. big trip. Yeah, it was really, and I'm really glad he was that ambitious. Whoops, and because uh, uh, a lot of people were like, "What do you? You can't do that. You won't." And I think nowadays. It would probably be impossible to yeah for sure permission slip wise and yeah yeah I wouldn't let my daughter perform in the school the next school over you know what I mean <laughs> like Amsterdam are you fucking kidding me yeah it was pretty it was pretty great and he had a video I, he had a video recorder it was an old school one and he wanted he, it, like Alf was still it was like oh he's like Alf I, it was kind of funny to, he was documenting he was the Alf of your time yeah and then he actually fell in love with Julia. 
What? My my friend who had the perfect pitch, and he he moved schools the next year. We had a new choir director the next fall because they had really a thing. She did not. She was really he was like obsessed with Julia. Yeah, and then <sighs> he quit. It was a scandal. So but, that was out in the open. Well, never said. I mean, he just obviously like he blushed when he saw her. He loved her. He, she was incredible. So he had to leave because he loved I her. I Think so. But he didn't. It didn't end with like dear Madrigal Choir. No, it just. I'm I am in too deep. A whisper. Julia we just said. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot teach you anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll we always have Amsterdam, Tim Stetzler. <laughs> yeah, he left. But we, so we left. We we got ready. For, we raised all this money. We got ready for this trip. And I was. I also decided this would be a good time to wax my armpits for the first time. I was really excited for this trip. <laughs> Is that how you get when you get excited for something? <laughs> I guess you I hadn't been that armpits? excited before. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I know I'm gonna. This is, I'm gonna be like a lady on this trip. I'm gonna be a world traveling lady, right? So I bought this. I didn't know anything about it. And I bought this kit and I just kind of didn't read the directions and I melted it in a pot on our kitchen stove. And then <laughs> I just there was that little like there's like a tongue dispenser kind of wooden thing and I was just like, all right, and I just kind of put it on one armpit and then the other one. And then as I was putting on the second armpit, I used the first one and i like glued it shut as i was applying it to the <laughs> second one i was like oh ow oh uh-oh uh-oh and then like i look at the directions and it says like test a small area first and i was like oh god <laughs> and then my mom came home and was furious obviously i put what you know i in in her pot and the macaroni <laughs> cheese mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, mom i'm just stuck together <laughs> so she got ice cubes out or whatever it was it was horrible um, this and, is the night before you were leaving? Yes. Oh. But then the next day, it was still so exciting to go that I kind of forgot. And two of How my How were the friends, armpits? Were they smooth? Um, like by the third day, they were. Fantastic. And I was like, it's worth it. Worth it, yeah. I understood. Yeah. Yeah, beauty by then. And um, so the next day, it was my birthday and we were leaving. And I think, yeah, you leave in the afternoon from the East Coast to go to Europe. And these two other women in the choir, Christina Pungachar and Dori Scalera, had gotten a limousine. Not and, as good names, by the way, as in Nate's town. <laughs> What was New Jersey? I'm, doing I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We had an Anthony Beauvais. Better. He was saying Bove, but in New Jersey, in Burnsville, it was pronounced Beauvais. That occurred to me. Anyway. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so I got to ride in a limousine to, the, to uh, LaGuardia, whatever, and then we flew. Um, we flew so to exciting. Amsterdam. It was really incredible. Yeah. Um, had you ever been to Europe? Nope. God, it's amazing. I'd never even been. I'd maybe been to Florida, and that's about it. It's the Europe um, of <laughs> <laughs> many people call it the Europe of the Americas. Yeah, so we said we would. We kind of went to go sing in any acoustic places. I don't know that there was a great schedule. I don't know that we had any shows. <laughs> Not come to think of it, we might have, but I feel like we. That was Tim's big, <laughs> one big problem. Okay, I just said we were going to Europe. He just wanted a trip to Europe with Julia. I wanted to be with Julia. <laughs> Julie and I are taking a gondola ride. <laughs> you six do whatever the we hell you want. We just warmed up forever. Here's so we would kind of like go into a cathedral and then he'd be like, shh, shh, over here, everybody, everybody. And then we would just start singing. And we thought we were like, look at this gift. We are just here giving this gift of song. People are like, shut up. It's, you know, it's a holy place. And um, in the Cologne Cathedral, we went there. and Because um, that's where traditionally this type of music is sung. Yes. And it's from Europe, right? It's from mm-hmm. Italy. I gathered off of Wikipedia. Um, I mean, it's from Europe, I believe, right? I'm sure. Yes. Um, uh, So yeah, that was it. Was so it was half of an exciting, an amazing experience, and half I I was really stuck being um, 
a, a 15 or 16-year-old. Like, I just didn't really know. I remember we had – we went out for pizza one of the first nights. I remember watching the video – of of Tim Shetler's and me going, I'm having a margarita. It's a pizza. <laughs> like made my big booze joke, and um, like hi mom, and you know, and then but the, the second or the first night we were in Munich, I dove into a swimming pool and broke my nose, oh, which no. was terrible. So the rest of the video, I had I really had dark circles. What under- day is this? What three two Ugh. day two? And Chris Field was on the trip, and his mom was uh, with us, and she was a nurse. Which I there's nothing you can really do, but so she gave me an ice pack, right? And this other guy, Darren, had a guitar and he sang songs to me, which was <laughs> nice. Cheered you up a little. He had like a blonde mullet. And um, what kind of kid were you? The kind of kid I know you took it really seriously, so you're obviously like an earnest kid. But were you like, mm-hmm. were you like an adventurous kid? Were you like, I mean, what, like, what was your? I think I was like, I'm, I'm practically a woman. Like, I think I took somebody. I think maybe it was even Kit Pongetti recently said something about being wearing business casual clothes in high school, and I was like, "Oh, I can relate to that." And I never really heard it. Like, I really <laughs> wanted to be shopping at the dress barn. I wanted to have a job, and so I kind of wasn't. You're ahead of your time, in a way. <laughs> maybe like <laughs> lost in time, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, so uh, so this was like a cosmopolitan thing for you in a lot of ways. You yeah, I mean? it was. Like I would have been if I was fifteen in Europe, I think I would have been fucking terrified. Oh, I just didn't like being away really? from home. Yeah, I didn't like being away from home. I, I, I was very like, what, where am I going to get my lunch? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm still like that now. But but um, so I'm just wondering. But it seems like you were like, hey, I'm out. This is what I should be doing. It's probably I'm the singing. most like free and easy I've ever felt in my oh, life. That's great. And my sister was my older sister was in the group as well because somebody couldn't make it, so she came in at the last minute. So pretty much whatever she did, I did the opposite. If she was like, I'm nervous about this, I was like, I don't care. We're in Europe now. You know, <laughs> I, I think I just kind of gauged it. Just did the opposite of what she did, and I developed a crush on this senior david di domenico was the bass and it, i mean the fact that he got into this choir was i don't know why he even auditioned for it, but he was kind of the like he was class president he ended up going to harvard he was just easy his life was just easy and he never got anxious he didn't have a huge range of emotions and he was the kind of guy who was like i'll try out for the play and everyone's like david di domenico is gonna be the lead in the play or <laughs> david di domenico was in the magical choir and he also had a crush on julia wow and um, who is this julia <laughs> yeah. she actually ended up marrying we had a guest minister at our church from Oxford, and he fell in love with her. What? And they married after she graduated from Harvard. She went to Harvard and then married him and just left for Europe. Yeah, he was 35, which seemed old when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but, and Wow. She was ahead of her time. She skipped right over Dress Barn. Like she didn't. She, <laughs> she just was a, a lovely woman, and I was like, I want to be a lady with high heels on. Like I didn't kind of <laughs> – Get it. So I, I was kind of her trolley friend who like would help her like carry her violin or you right. know like and then um, but then David Domenico and I ended up hanging around and he asked me out at the end of that tr- when we got back broken nose and all yes I think that's why I was the freest because I went into it so worried about my beauty and my armpits right and then my nose I broke my nose and I was like ah oh well right. Then I was really myself. <laughs> and David DiDomenico was into it. I broke my week. nose <laughs> to find myself. So David DiDomenico, the bass, what I, were you? I was an alto, which is still, it's a kind of like the the thudding heavier. You the know, low like you tones. want to be the you soprano. You sing the low notes. Yeah. You usually, in most of the madrigal music, you know, the soprano has the the beautiful melody and you're like just keeping it 
You're like the sinker. I don't know. Right. Not very glamorous. <laughs> you sometimes cross over and sing tenor because they're, you know. Is that why you and David got together, you think? Because of your low note? You, he was on the low notes? <laughs> I think he I was really just. I like uh, low notes, Gene. I, I hope so. I wish that was the case. I think he just didn't have anyone to hang out with because Julia and Tim. Like, Julia has a thousand suitors. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere she goes. Like, ah. Who is that woman over there? And he just didn't really. He was like, all right, I'll just hang out. I think I was trying to be funny and stuff. And. By the last night we were in Switzerland and we we walked around Lake Lutz, Lucerne. I don't know how to say it. Lucerne. Um, Sounded good. And there were swamps. It was really beautiful. I just didn't in the moment realize like this is an incredible – Right. This is an incredible thing that's happening. And then he asked me out right after that trip and I was like, oh my god. And then he stood me up when we got back to New Jersey. What? He did. And I called him. I was like, hey, man. What about your, you know, like what about Europe? I, I remember writing about it. I was very, very emotional, and he was like, "I'm, I'm leaving for college," and you know, like he, uh, he was about to graduate, and my prom's coming up, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I get it." He'd want to be I tied down, not to yeah. a freshman with a broken nose. Yeah. Wow. So he was a senior. Getting asked up by a senior is a big deal. Yeah, it, it was. I should have told more people. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. I think I only told my best yeah. friend. You broke your nose, but David Domenico broke your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so yeah. just real quick to go mm-hmm. back to Europe. Uh, yeah. Was there a, was there a moment – was there a concert that was like – I know you said you didn't plan any, but was there any sort of moment or, or a show that like typified the, the experience? Or was it more just like, yeah, we were just walking around singing? I really think that when we were in the Cologne Cathedral in, in Cologne, Germany, that, that was one of the places where we walked in. I guess cathedrals are shaped like crosses, and the very center has the best where the where the cross would would meet there has the best acoustics. And we did we sang. The music is really beautiful. Yeah. It still makes me cry to this day. And um, not that I've listened to it every day, but <laughs> if I if I were to pop right. that in, I would cry. And it, it, <laughs> the acoustics. It was really amazing to hear that music in the right place. Um, and because it wasn't a, a show, I think the concerts got kind of like me and there was a different element of it and this was just us enjoying the music and that was uh, that's what sticks out in my mind I mean we might have had a, a concert somewhere at some college somewhere but I don't really think we had a scheduled <laughs> it just sounds like I, honestly this is what I'm getting out of it this guy <laughs> created this mythical trip to hook up with Julia in Europe where it was legal to hook up with her and he was like I don't know I will sing uh, yeah there's a microphone over there just Gene, just hold it up to people. I didn't realize. Hey, Julia, <laughs> the holodome is uh, the pool's open. You want to take a dip? It gets shallow really quickly, though. I need yeah. to warn everybody. It was a Holiday Inn in Munich, and you dive in, and and then all of a sudden, it's almost like a wall from the shallow into the deep end. You got to be careful in those European Holiday Inns. The pools are <laughs> very dangerous. Okay, so it would. So you get back from the trip. It, it, any did your madrigal, uh, madrigal, did the choir continue for you? I, you were there freshman. Did you continue? Or did you was yeah, that experience like the peak, and then that's it? I stayed in for four years. It was yeah, every year. I I did. I really loved it. It was really incredible. And I think, I think we went back. We went to England the next year, and oh. then I think the Gulf War started, and there were no more trips after that. Right. Um, and it ended all travel. Yeah, <laughs> um, the war that ended travel. And there was a big deal when you were a senior. You you would sing Oh Danny. We every concert we sang Oh Danny Boy. I don't know why, but it was like now we're seniors singing Oh Danny Boy to the senior. You know, like right. everyone cried. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, that's it's it's turned to the kind of thing where if if I I just recently had bought maybe six months ago bought th- this Ave Ver the King Singers singing Ave Verum Corpus um, and I thought. I remembered my parents saying, like, oh, I like to hear your concerts because it reminds me of being in choir. And I'm like, oh, I wish there was a place. I don't want to kind of go troll around to a high school and <laughs> find what There's nowhere to hear this music. Yeah. Now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you go to Europe. Um. <laughs> Just if you're lucky, you're random people will yeah. sing it. <laughs> Why are they doing? Why are they singing? Yeah, we also, our church choir, like our family was in, in many choirs and um, yeah, we just kept doing that. Our church choir director was named Paul Dickey, and he was so mean he would make <laughs> us cry. Like We took it really seriously in our family. I was like, Mr. Dickey made me cry today because I really couldn't get, you know, and they were like, well, circle your notes. And really, <laughs> like, it was not, you know, really? it was serious. Wow. That sounds like a scary it? Lifetime movie. It was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Circle your notes. Music, not music from the heart. Is it, there? there is a... A movie called Music from the Heart, right? With music, I don't know. Oh. That sounds familiar. Mariah Carey and Meryl Streep. I, I have a terrible reference level. I talk about music Should and lyrics be. every once in a while on Whale Cave. Oh yeah. <laughs> How did this become called Whale Cave? Become called? Oh, my nephew. Um, my nephew and I used to play this game where we'd build a fort out of couch cushions and we'd call it a Whale Cave. And I always thought that was oh. a cool band. I'd be like, that's a cool band name, you know? Because I, as I said at the beginning, I don't play any instruments, so oh. this is my band. <laughs> Whale Cave. It's really rocking. Well, um, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you. I'm sorry there wasn't more music in it. I think no, it more it, there is. It's the experience. <laughs> it's the experience you had. There was a lot of music in it. The story was music. And, and I, can I say you're, you're, so you're getting married? Can a I month from that? today, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, will there be any uh, Madrigal music in there? <laughs> Not unless somebody spontaneously... And I'll just put this out there. If somebody spontaneously <laughs> shows up at the courthouse in Santa Barbara in a month. <laughs> yeah. I've got a pitch pipe. But Kip Pongetti's <laughs> going to play some music, so we're lucky. Half of the artists. Yes. Um, well, thank you very much for being on Wheel Cave. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Jean Villapique <laughs> sharing a tale of love and lust. <laughs> she traveled throughout Europe. Wow. That, was, <laughs> that went way deeper than I thought on the uh, uh, dude liking a high school girl <laughs> scale. But I'm loving it. Okay. Uh, so, okay, Matt Belknap uh, just handed me this uh, from his phone. Um, Music of the Heart is indeed a movie with Meryl Streep, Aidan Quinn, Gloria Estefan, and Angela Bassett. Uh, NBC TV called it the best movie of the year. And, oh, wait, I want to read two more things. The thing on the cover of the, the slug line, I guess, would be, she gave them a gift they could never imagine. They gave... The system, a fight it would never forget. I don't. I wish that were longer. <laughs> I only wish that little plug, that little slogan for the movie was longer. Uh, also, the funniest thing Matt pointed out too, that it was directed by Wes Craven <laughs> from Nightmare on Elm Street. Brilliant. Uh, that's probably why I've never heard of this movie. Wes Craven. Okay. Um, all right. We are we're leaving right now. I would like to thank Gene Villapique, Nate DeMeo, Matt Belknap for his knowledge of Wes Craven and many other things. And of course, the March 4th marching band. As I've said, you can download their stuff on iTunes. Go to their website, march4thmarchingband.com. That's about it. Thanks so much for listening. Take it easy.